cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 6th of November, 2009. For newcomers, I always suggest you look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website and scroll down. You'll see the other sites I have up there. Bookmark them for future use in case the big ones go down again, which they will, and that way you can always get the latest audio for download. And there's a bunch to choose from. There's cuttingthrough.jenkness.com, very dependable site. Cuttingthroughthematrix.net.us.ca, Alan Watt, cuttingthroughthematrix.ca, and Alan Watt, sentinel.eu. The last one, remember, is a European site uh, where you can also download, uh, along with the audios, you can download transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given in the past, and they're, they're written in the various languages of Europe. I should also mention, too, that uh, one of my books now is also in Spanish, and that's Waiting for, for a Miracle. You'll see it's, uh, I don't think I've got it up on the site yet, but I'll put it up probably tomorrow. And uh, anyone who wants to get a copy in Spanish, uh, you're welcome to get in touch with me. And remember that you bring me to you. You are the listeners, and no one backs me here. And believe you me, like, I'm sure we all know this, but Money goes like water now. Expenses are so darned high. It's called quantitative easing, which means inflation. And in Canada, even the food stamps gone up about 30% uh, because of government interference with the farming over many years, plus the so-called quantitative easing inflation, and also because they're paying farmers not to grow foods. They're growing biofuels. Uh, so this is really the outcome of it. We're all going to suffer. We are suffering. And at the same time, Canada being part of the British Empire, and yes, the stores are British Empire, uh, you pay uh, extra for all energy. It's going up and up and up for everything all the time. So I appreciate your help for those few who donate to me and for those who buy the books and the discs and so on I have for sale. That keeps me going. Very important. And one day, if it doesn't, if I can't even, uh, if I have to go back in and um, uh, I don't have the savings to go into, to be honest with you, but if I have to go in and try and borrow money to keep going, I'll just go off the air and go and earn money somewhere else. Quite easy. Or take small groups again who are willing to pay thousands just for a weekend. And the reason I've been doing this is because it's an imperative that the knowledge that I have and other people have who studied this their whole lives gets it out to the public because there are people, individuals scattered across the planet who know there's something awfully wrong. They just don't know what it is. They blame themselves often for not fitting in. It's because they're thinkers and they see and observe and they use their own perceptions and come to their own conclusions that will not fit in with the brainwashed mob doesn't happen that way so they blame themselves so I try to get through to those people to show no you're, you're not crazy um, it's the world that really has been pulled over your eyes just like wool pulled over your eyes You've been, we've all been hoodwinked and brought up in a scientific 
indoctrinational system. So, as I say, keep supporting me. I need it desperately right now. And uh, if I had to bring advertisers on, you would just have another one-hour ad as I bring on a guest who will scare the bejesus out of you and then offer the solution, offer whatever they're selling at the end. And that's a bit deceptive to an extent, but it would certainly pay me. So it's up to you to keep it going the way it is. And you can also use personal checks for U.S. and Canada, international postal money orders from the U.S. to Canada if you want. There's PayPal, there's Western Union, there's MoneyGram, or cash. It's up to you. Back in a moment after these messages. Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the Matrix. The Matrix is the big system, the reality, the Plato's cave in which you've been born, and everyone in that cave, that's your neighbors, your friends, and so on, who've had the same perfect indoctrination, will never figure out the big picture. Everything has to relate to what you've been taught to see and believe in that cave. And that's what Plato went on about, an old, old technique, because realities are given to the, to the populace to suit those who rule. And the realities of those who rule compared to what they give you to believe in are worlds, in fact, universes apart. Universes. And, of course, there's, there's multi-layers in between uh, to manage people at the bottom. Then you have the media in the middle. They pass on the propaganda to the public, tell you what to talk about. And it even tells you, you know, what they think about you because everything to them at the top is a joke. Everything's a joke. You have to look into what a Yahoo means, for instance. Look at what Yahoo means and Gulliver's Travels. Because technically they're telling us we're Yahoos. And then Google is something a baby splutters out. Goo. Google, you see. And that's what they give you. And then they give you something to Twitter with, where your birds Twitter, this chatter and Twitter means nothing. Just this noise, you see. Keeps you busy, keeps you obsessed into different kinds of chats. Plus, you're giving all your info out all the time on your state of mind. And that's all being observed. That's what the Internet is for. A net is something you catch fish in. It's also called the web. You get stuck on a web. And there's always a spider watching. Put you in a cocoon, you can't move. It's hypnotizing. You're stuck on the web. It's quite, uh, it's quite the world we truly live in. And it, it reminds me, too, of, of what Kissinger and Brzezinski and others have written about and spoken about in their interviews. Where they, they're geopoliticians, you see. They're into long-term and long-range strategies of how to take a whole bunch of countries down, one at a time, almost like dominoes. You start here, weaken that one, get that one fighting that one, then you support one of them or the other, and then you weaken the, the mightier one. Then the one you've helped to weaken them, and you've got armed, becomes a problem. Then you're going to take them down with another one. That's standard procedure. Britain was famous for it. It was called balance of power. Always finance the smaller guy and overthrow the bigger guy, and the bigger guy is no threat to you, you see. He's no threat to you at all. He's conquered. 
all those strategies. But Brzezinski and um, Kissinger, these strange guys, and they are strange guys, there's no doubt about it. When I was small, uh, watching uh, Kissinger on television, uh, he struck me almost as a some sort of ominous type, um, like a very dark person, very, very dark, to see where his mind was at. Because he was dealing with things like killing masses of people. Uh, as a matter of course in his career, that's what to do. In order to achieve long-range objectives to which the public are never allowed into, because as I say, at the top, above even Kissinger, the realities are, are universes apart. Universes apart. He said, this is Kissinger, he said that the American military, the military, the soldiers, and all of the military, and these are his words, he says, they're dumb, stupid animals to be used for foreign policy. And I've said that over the years, that same quotes, and it's always struck me as very apt. It's very apt because you take the average person coming out. It's generally the working class that fill up militaries. You see, as I said in the Tammany riots, New York in 1800s, you can always hire half the poor to kill the other. But in times too of depression, uh, financial depression, they pour in. Other ones want to get a name for themselves. They think they want to be part of the team and be somebody. And that's what the ads for the military are always on about. In every country, you can be someone, be all you can be, buzz, buzz, buzz. And for the first time in their lives, once they put a uniform on, they're suddenly somebody, they're respectable. They get people noticing them in civil life with a uniform on that would never look at them otherwise. And they're, they're treated differently. And they're given the most basic, lowest form of propaganda as to what they're actually involved in. They have no idea. And to most of them, it never even occurs to them that this is only part of a long-term strategy. In other words, they're lied to, completely lied to, as to what they're sent wherever for. In reality, you see, police keepers or peacekeepers who are dressed like the military with rifles and grenades and machine guns are soldiers. I don't care what they call them, peacekeepers, policing, whatever. They're still soldiers. And soldiers are sent off to war. That's their purpose. They always start off in every country. In the U.S. was one of the first, the, the last really to do this. Because the founding fathers knew by the history of Europe that the military has always turned on its own population. And they debated the problem of having a standing army. Because they knew that the war wasn't over with the Revolutionary War. They knew it would never be over. It would be ongoing. That's one thing you find about the agenda behind all of this. It never gives up. So they debated the standing army, and they got around it eventually afterwards by bringing in, well, we won't really have soldiers, we'll have marines. So you, you could equate them with ships. That was still the formation of an army, basically, a full-time army. And armies are never told, really, as I say, what they're really fighting about. They're given the basic propaganda. I've seen some of the stuff that the Pentagon 
which admits to putting them out to all kinds of newspapers through different names as write-ups, but they're actually disguised ads for, for the military. Uh, where they talk to uh, Miss So-and-so, who's a corporal, whatever, in the military, who wants to get over there and fight, uh, fight for her country, and all that kind of propaganda nonsense. They have no idea what they're over there for. Really, they're kept in the dark. Most of them, unfortunately, they don't care. Because with young people, especially with young guys, they're not too bright. You're not too bright. You don't know much when you're about 18 or 19. You don't know much at all. You've had no world wisdom. You haven't been knocked on your ass enough times to respect wisdom. In fact, in fact, you rebel against it. We've all gone through it. But that's the ideal age to recruit because you're, you're young, you're egotistical, and you want to wear the gear that you've seen through all the movies that you've been brought up with, uh, and you want to go and kill the bad guys. And whoever your government targets is suddenly the bad guy. But you'll never really know the long-term agenda of those that plan these wars. They never tell you the truth. Never, ever. And to me, an invasion is an invasion. I don't care what it's called. When an army leaves the shores to go somewhere else, you have an invasion going on. That's what they do. Don't go into uh, psychopolitics or, or uh, psycholinguistics. These are psycholinguistics. We're going to police this country. Nonsense. You don't send a military off to police. You, you, they go there to make war. That's what they're for. And it's so interesting. I've always said that as the U.S. finishes off and pays for and polices the last, or you should say invading, invades the last of the countries that they're meant to invade. I said that years ago. They'll be pulling the rugs from underneath the U.S. back home at the same time. That's how they work, these big boys who run the world. Because the U.S. has to be flattened into the very system that it's helped force on other nations. Because the peasant of America, to those at the top, who are internationalists, by the way, completely internationalist, have been all their lives and their parents before them. They, they have no allegiance to a country. Uh, they have no allegiance to the American peasant or the British peasant or the Canadian peasant or the Chinese peasant. We're all peasantry. Anyone who's profane and in the dark, in the dark, who laps up the reality at the bottom level from TV and the newspapers, it, the profane, as they call them, is in the dark. Um, it's just a peasant to them. Complete peasant. And the attack, especially in the Western world, Western culture, was mandated as far back as the League of Nations. They'd have to destroy that culture for this internationalist world that they were going to bring in. They didn't want a culture and a people who were too strong, who could stick together and go off and fight for righteous things if required, at least defend their own countries. That had to be done away with too by deculturalization. And we've had a massive process of deculturalization going on as a new type of culture emerged. I quoted before Mazzini and different people in the communist sectors who said that 
in order to rule the people, we must destroy their cultures. Well, guess what? We've all lived through the destruction of it. Your parents did too. They didn't know it. Look at the talent left of the family unit. In fact, most of the planks of the Communist Manifesto have been attained. The rest of it you're going to see shortly. In fact, you're hearing about this to use different wording. It's the same thing. If it walks like a duck and quiets like a duck, it's a duck. And that's a collectivist system that the Club of Rome and the Royal Institute of International Affairs said they'd bring in. It's a nice name for a sort of communistic bureaucracy with NGOs being the new Soviet obedient to their foundation leaders back after this break. and all these boys well they never gave it up you see they still 
promote the next part and the next part and the next part of the culture. And the fashions, as Plato said, the fashion works together with the stage play, which now is now the movie, the drama, and through emotional, uh, emotional stories, the imprint ideas and ways of behaving into your mind, including music. Music was very, very powerful, even in Plato's day, especially on the minds of the youth. That's what he talked about. So getting back to the present time, we're at the end of really a long-term war, and most folk are oblivious to it, what's actually been even happening. They still think of communism or collectivism as a, guy, a bunch of guys with pitchforks, that the big fable that they give you, uh, or Lady Liberty in the French paintings, storming the, the Bastille with all these little peasants around her. But they never go into the fact that every single rebellion and revolution took an incredible amount of planning, coordination, and high, high financing run by the intelligentsia, not by the guys down there doing the fighting. And nothing has ever changed. And not only were there, you have a cultural war going on, and believe you me, the CIA was not there to protect the U.S., it was there to alter the U.S. on behalf of the elites that they see as their masters, not the American people, to fit into this global system. And yes, we're under attack not just through culture, not just through all the so-called lefties being heavily funded through the non-governmental organizations by the big foundations, the parallel governments, the so-called philanthropists, but they're also attacking you through food and denaturalizing that until there's hardly anything left in it that's of any substance to you. Uh, altering it so much that so many people now have diabetes and with all the oils that they're using now too they can't really work them out of their body. They end up in fat which cannot be reabsorbed by the body broken down. And we see the effects of it everywhere, everywhere as at the same time they bring you down financially with their quantitative easing or inflation. As you pay for the wars that are going on right now and supply the men and troops and everything else for your tax money, and plus you're going to now in, in December pay billions and billions, maybe trillions of dollars through carbon taxes to supposedly, and we'll never get here to supposedly third world countries, it has to pass through the hands of Gore first and the banking boys and the Rothschild group of banking boys who are taking charge of all these carbon credits with the bank in Switzerland before it gets any, something get trickled down to somebody somewhere, but it won't be to any guy in a village in Africa. It's a new way to rule the world. And when they're in charge of everything that you need to live, food, energy, everything, you're in big trouble. They call that interdependence. It means you're totally dependent on your masses for those things to live, essentials. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. It's astonishing how quickly even recent history can be eradicated. More so now that everything's going up on internet and e-books and all the rest of it. I quoted the Club of Rome quite a few times with their first global revolution and apparently there's a book up there and the valid pages are missing. There's about 30 pages missing. I uh, didn't even bother to sort of fill them in to make it look like they're discontinuous. They just aren't there. But that's how easy it is to alter reality for those who can't read books anymore. Paper books. But getting back to the, the cultural wars, it's been going on until we're at the, the base level. Base level, in fact. And of course, it was designed to come to here, and that's why for 20-odd years, 25 years, they've been building up internal armies to deal with the problems, because the elite, you see, don't plan to have us all around for too much longer. Not too much longer. They're supposed to go through the transition phase where we're to get crammed into the already overloaded cities. As we go down the hill and die off up to the year 2050, and that's supposed to be uh, helped along by Agenda 21 from the United Nations. This unelected body, this private corporation that people don't even, they accept as being somehow normal in their lives, like gravity. They have no idea that it's a private corporation that's always shouting about democracy, while no one has ever had the vote to put anybody in there, and we'll never see it either. They're dictatorial, and they have an agenda, and they appear to be communistic. But then again, Carl quickly said, the Royal Institute of International Affairs dash Council on Foreign Relations are often mistaken for communists because of the same agenda. They want the world to be run along collectivist, socialist, Soviet-type lines. They thought that was very efficient. And meanwhile, as I say, it's mainly the U.S. that pays for all. Massive debt. They'll never pay the debts off. Never mind the last crash. It cannot be done. It's not intended to be done. It's only intended to keep using this money system until it's over. Then you get credits issued by government to you. That's what Bertrand Russell said. And you can't save up your credits, so you'll all be equally poor because it'll start at the same rate every week. Can't save them up. And you, you will have no private property. That's another thing that they all agree with, all of these boys. And no private transportation, because in totalitarian regimes, they don't like you to travel. In fact, you'll eventually have ID cards very shortly that will actually restrict you into your local area, maybe to your work and back in that area. The collectivist system. But meanwhile, they keep supplying the troops. And every year, there's another bunch turned 17 or 18, and they're into the military, as naive as the last bunch, learning to say all the right things. I want to go and fight for my country and, uh, and bring good to the world, and all that nonsense. All that nonsense. They're disposable. Remember, I said Kissinger said this. He says the military are dumb, stupid animals to be used for foreign policy. And from his position, he means it. And I see his logic because they aren't told any truth at all on anything. To Kissinger, they would understand the truth. It's too complex for them to understand long-term geopolitics and big business and oil 
and economics and all of that stuff. So they're told the usual stuff. They're all fighting for their country. And that's good enough for them at that age. Meanwhile, on USA Today, here's what they've done in this war on America and the Western world, knowingly with their GM food and all the rest of it. It says here, this is November the 4th, 2009, Pentagon says a third of the U.S. youth are too fat and sickly to serve. More than a third of American youth of military age are unfit for service, mainly because they're too fat or sickly, the Army Times reports, quoting the latest Pentagon figures. Most of the rest are too dumb or have used too many drugs to qualify, the study shows. The report says 35% of the 31 million Americans aged 17 to 24 are unqualified because of physical and medical issues. What's happened since the 1950s, speeding up from the 1970s and 80s? Massive inoculations, all immune problems. The food supply has been utterly changed and managed, processed foods demineralization of all the soil but they keep growing the same stuff over and over again and just shove chemicals on top massive pesticides and GMO food with again even more massive pesticides and all these different oils and sugars which they cannot handle and the, the body's not meant for it it's not meant for, your body's meant to break down animal fat but margarine. And they know this too. He goes on to say here, the major component of this is obesity, said Kurt Gilroy, the Pentagon's director of Accessions, tells the Times, we have an obesity crisis in the country. There's no question about it. He also said young people, by and large, can't do push-ups and they can't do pull-ups, Gilroy says, and they cannot run. Times says the Pentagon gets its data from the Centers for Disease Control, huh, control diseases, you see, which has found that the percentage of youth 18 to 34 who are considered obese has jumped from 6% in 1987 to 23% now. That's when they really altered the food big time, from 6% in 87 to 23% now. And, and it's no, don't think they're getting greedier don't think that for a minute. It's the stuff, all the food has been altered. You use food as a weapon to take people down. I hope you understand that. They've had, they've had biochemists working on these things to destroy other countries. Do you think they wouldn't use it on your own? And obesity was one of them, the failure to absorb and, and work with these oils and sugars loaded with pesticides, GMO. Do you think they got hundreds of different animal, insect, and vegetable genes, put them together to make a bigger potato? Put together by guys in the bio-warfare industry? To make, to make a better potato because they want to please you? I don't think so. So here's the Pentagon's breakdown of ineligible population according to the Times. Medical-physical problems... 35%, 35%. Legal drug use, 18%. Mental, category 5, the lowest 10% of the population.
IQs dropping. I think this is a normal phenomenon. Too many dependents under the age of 18, 6%. Criminal record, 5%. So medical and physical problems is 35, the highest percent. It says here that uh, Education Secretary Anne Duncan and a group of retired military officers will issue a report on Thursday warning that the situation is so dire it amounts to a threat to national security. The study will show that when all factors are considered, 75% of military-age youth are not eligible to serve. That means 75% have been attacked and put out of action. That's another way. You must always look at other ways of looking at the same thing. You see, we've been taught from school onwards to have linear thinking. A wild animal does not have linear thinking. The so-called primitive peoples do not have linear thinking. They look at things from many angles, not just this goes to here, leads me to here, leads me to here. That's called programming. You've got programmed thinking. You have been uh, the so-called, you've been made into the so-called Masonic Ashler. You've been squared. You should be round and roll like a stone. A rolling stone is natural, gathers no moss. But everyone's been brought up in a scientifically constructed reality of perfect indoctrination. Well understood in certain quarters. Well understood. There's nothing been there's nothing in the planet been so studied as we have. Now I also read about another part of the warfare program, many times actually, and pretty recently as well from the United Nations, how they're really ramping ahead to, to get the children into becoming obsessed in pre-pubertal sex. That's the idea. See, that's the real intention of getting them obsessed and sticking this in their heads at such a young age. They call it sex education. It's not really sex education. It's the installation and the imprinting in their minds and the formation of obsessive behavior, which will continue throughout their lives, by the way, to do with sex. These are techniques which can be instilled very easily in, in the sciences. They understand this. And they want them all, of course, like Bertrand Russell wanted them to, and he tried it in his experimental schools that were authorized by the British Crown to promote pre-pubertal sex. He encouraged it amongst the students to see what would happen with the hope that it would stop bonding with a particular mate down the road. The more partners they would have, the less chance they could have a relationship with one. And the less chance there would, there would be also to have children. And if you think that UNICEF and the United Nations is not, they're right at the top of this whole program. Uh, this is from the Telegraph. Parents lose right over sex education. Sex education will be compulsory in all schools. It was announced today as thousands of parents lose the right to opt their children out of lessons. And it says, this is from 5th of November. 
pupils in England, this is all over the world because it came from the United Nations. So if it hasn't hit your, hasn't hit your country yet, it's going to shortly, or it's already been introduced and you don't know it yet. Pupils in England will be given classes in sex and relationships from the age of five under government plans to cut teenage pregnancies. It's amazing. They, they push you with a sex culture. You can't look anywhere. What do they have out for the children? You, you're little teeny boppers dancing to much music. That's nothing but sex. Nothing but sex. And you'll see little toddlers gyrate trying to copy the dancers. Doesn't anybody think out there? You think that's all just entertainment? Really? No, it's not. It's an agenda. If, as Mazzini says, we want to rule the people, we must destroy their culture. It's that simple. It's that simple. And it's nothing to do with just cutting teenage pregnancies. The reason they get pregnant is because they're obsessed with sex before they're even... They even have puberty coming in. Once it comes in, it's bang, gone, that's it. Children will learn about parts of the body, the facts of life, and puberty in primary school, starting at five. They're actually going to bring it into kindergarten. At secondary school, they were taught about pregnancy, contraception, HIV, and homosexual relationships. It was disclosed. There was, you know, they're, they're getting all the different alternatives. In fact, some are getting pulled in already. I've, I've got this from a few that have emailed me. And they're, they're, they're t- they're either their teachers or their counselors at school will ask them uh, if they've ever tried homosexual relationships. And if they say no, they'll say, well, maybe you're inhibited. Have you ever wondered if you're inhibited? How would you know unless you've tried it? This, is, this has been taught for years in school. And the parents generally are totally ignorant of what's going on. And this is directed from a very top organization. Well financed through the foundations and through your tax money called United Nations. It's meant to bring in a totally different world than anything that you can remember or even perceive of coming. Very different world. Says all mothers and fathers will be able to keep children out on moral and religious grounds, but will lose the right of withdraw when they return 15. The ruling will affect 600,000 pupils a year. The controversial move is designed to ensure pupils get at least 12 months of sex education before finishing compulsory schooling. But parents groups said the decision risked infringing parents' rights and claimed the government was attempting to legislate in family life. Well, of course they are. What do you think this is? But they already have, because technically, Children's Aid has more rights over the children than you do. I often wonder how, I often wonder if people really are conscious at all at times. I really do. And, and they're not really. How gradualism, planned gradualism, Fabian style, bringing down of the culture, all aimed at destroying the family unit, which the United Nations has stated, um, Albert Pike stated as well. And the communist movement stated as well, the destroying of the family unit, destruction. Bertrand Russell, Lord Bertrand Russell, said the same thing. They have to destroy the family unit. They used to think they'd have to take them away from their parents at birth, 
But Russell found out with experimentation that through scientific indoctrination, if they didn't get them to the age of two in kindergarten, means that whatever input of moral culture the parents tried to pass on to the children would be null and void. It would, be just, it would just be ignored by the child. They wouldn't even hear it. It is all the new culture from their teachers. It says here, faith schools will also be forced to teach all aspects of the new style curriculum, including same-sex relationships, contraception, and abortion, although ministers insisted they could stage lessons within the tenets of their faith. How can you compromise on that? You have your faith and your tenets, or you don't. Oh, God, here's this character again. He's well named for it, so it's, oh, it's such a joke. Ed Balls, oh, the school secretary for, for the whole UK, said, you can teach the promotion of marriage, you can teach that you shouldn't have sex outside of marriage, what you can't do is deny young people information about contraception outside of marriage. And believe me, that's the part that's all getting pushed. He says, the same arises in homosexuality. Some faiths have a view about what, in religious terms, is right and wrong, what they can't do, though, though is not teach the importance of tolerance. Tolerance. Being compromised, being rolling over. Back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. There's also an article. I'll put, I'll put these links up on my site at the end of the show, remember. This next one is from the Mail Online. I won't read it. I'll just mention that it tells you about how the parents are to be fined if they take their children out of the sex lessons. So there's government that's there to serve you, uh, blackmailing you by threats, because they don't want your morality, if you have any, taught to the child. And remember, I need your donations. I'll, I'll plug this right now to keep me going because it's the same handful of people that's kept me going all this time. I need your donations. It's up to you if you want to keep this going and have a, an alternative look at life and the future and what's planned and the information of those behind it. It's up to you to keep me going. Now, we'll go to the phones, and there's Andrea from New York there. Are you there, Andrea? Hi. Hi, Alan. Yes. Uh, I was recently reading something about Jean-Paul Sartre and um, the... He had a falling out with Albert Camus because of, uh, he was a communist sympathizer mm-hmm. and um, that he denied the purgings of Stalin and that he was in, involved in this um, tribunal, uh, war crimes tribunal um, with uh, Bertrand Russell uh, about uh, Vietnam and the U.S. I was just wondering what uh, you think of him. Of, of which one, uh, Sartre? Uh, Sartre. Um, they play games, these guys at the top. They even stage uh, oppositions to each other along the way. Uh, and so you've got to really look behind it and what their final philosophies actually were. And um, to me, uh, communism is communism. The only difference that some of them had was the, the, either the Trotskyite uh, system or the, the Stalinist system. 
uh, that really was where the differences came with some of them. Most communists today are Trotskyite, uh, the UK, and and um, MI6, and the what CIA the employed lots of the Trotskyite um, ones. They were for perpetual revolution, incessant revolution, to take the whole world over, whereas Stalin kind of dug his heels in once he got the, the basic Soviet Union uh, together, and he was going to take it much slower. But... Um, I've seen uh, arguments before between the different leaders of different, slightly different doctrines, um, literally stage shows for the public, and I've done this along the road. So you can't really, uh, you'll never really get the whole story on anything uh, except what you glean for yourself, you know. Mm. Well, what about, um, you know, existentialism uh, and um I don't know very much about existentialism, really. Um, somebody was talking about it recently to me, and the idea of just meaninglessness and, um, you know, atheism. And, uh, and I, I thought of Sartre and that and, you know, and his uh, sympathies were, uh, with communism. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, the New World Order and, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's really a new secular order, right? It's, uh, it, technically, in a sense, it is. It's, it's uh, for those nearer the upper management level, but not the bosses, uh, they're humanists and existentialists. Now, when you go into the humanist websites, and you should look into them, they give you the tenets of their beliefs. So they, are, they do have beliefs like a religion, but they're also falling right in with the Communist Manifesto or Communist Agenda, where the intelligentsia have the right to manage all the lesser peoples beneath them. That's what they all agree on. All of them agree with that. But uh, they do have a religion at the top above even the humanists. And maybe sometime I'll go into that and explain it to this whole deep, deep subject. But thanks for calling, Andrea. Thank you. And uh, as I say, it's up to you to keep me going. Um, you can donate through PayPal or check. It's up to you. Look into the website, cuttingthroughmatrix.com. From Hamish, myself, Ontario, Canada. It's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you.